It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host scott nason greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on news talk 1400 you can also hear our show online at newstalk 1400.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our news talk 1400 studios in sault st marie michigan on this a bit chilly, Monday, July 25th, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. And coming up on tonight's show, we'll be joined by co-host David McKay Jr., host of the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. As Dave will join us to talk about all the things going on in the North. Also joining us later tonight will be co-host Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports, who will talk to us about what is going on in the Metro Detroit sports region and around the area. Along him, along with him, rather, sitting down with yours truly for the sports roundtable. Well, we are entering the last week of July. Believe it or not, just two weeks remain until practices will start for the high school sports season, the fall 2022 sports season. And we'll certainly have more to say about that coming up in the upcoming weeks as we are about a month away, maybe a little less than a month away from our first football games in the area. If we have time here during the first couple segments of the show, we'll look at a couple of the schools and their football schedules as local sports. Well, there's not a lot going on, but we have some things to talk about. So let's start with something we brushed on last week, the Sioux Legacies softball invitational. It took place a weekend ago in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and the Mid-Michigan Heat and the Northern Michigan Legends softball programs claimed top honors at the 2022 Sioux Invitational hosted by the Sioux Legacies. The Heat-Anderson team finished 4-0 to win the Round Robin 10U division. The Northern Michigan Legends Peyton squad defeated the Sioux Legacies 12-2 in the 12U championship game. In other age groups, the Heat Nines beat the Fanatics 14-9 for the 14U Championship, while the Legends out of Northern Michigan topped the Mid-Michigan Bolts 17-9 to claim the 16U High School Division title. Now that 14U team actually was a 12U team, the Heat 9, which was coached by Rudyard native Steve Loonsfoot, who was a member of the Legacy's coaching staff when his sisters played. He is now the Shepherd High School coach, uh, quite a pretty solid unit there, uh, taking on uh, girls a, a couple years older, and they win the 14U championship at the Sioux Legacy's Invitational. The Legacy's 12U team opened with a 14-3 victory over the Petoskey Blaze and then closed pool play with a 7-3 loss to the Lady Bandits. The Legacy's bounced back with a 7-1 win over the Bandits during the first round of bracket play and then followed that up with a 21-6 victory over the Northern Michigan Legends. The eventual champion, Northern Michigan Legends, swept through the 12U division with a 4-0 record. 
Also from a weekend ago for the second straight weekend, the UP Wood Ducks would capture their own showcase baseball tournaments. Tournament rather, the Wood Ducks finished three and one and defeated Marquette. 12-2 in the championship game of the Sioux Showcase a week ago Sunday at James Field. Garrett Gorsuch, he earned the win on the mound in the championship game against Marquette. Wood Ducks had very solid hitting in that game. Avery Wilson finishing 3-for-3. Three three. Josh Lumsden, he was 3-for-4, while Michael Bontrager and Matt Lumsden had two hits each in the championship game. The Wood Ducks defeated the Sioux Black Sox 6 to nothing and lost 11-8 to the Sheboygan Patriots to open the tournament a week ago Saturday. Zach Hagan, he pitched a complete game shutout for the Ducks against the Black Sox, while Denvin McCord, along with... Chambers, Michael Bontrager, and Gothier all had two hits each for the Wood Ducks. Against Sheboygan, McCord and Jack Boshan hit two hits each. And in their first game Sunday, the Wood Ducks defeated the Marquette Blues 10-3 with EJ Suggett posting the pitching win. The UP Wood Ducks uh, did play at the UP Zone 5 tournament over the weekend in Escanab. We didn't get full results in before the show, but I did just see that Marquette would end up winning that one, so they advance to the state tournament, which will be going on later on downstate. How about some auto racing? A pair of familiar faces were in victory lane last Thursday night during week two of racing at Laird International Raceway. Rod Bolduck and Dustin Jackson were among the feature winners. Jackson picking up his second super late model feature win in as many weeks in the process. While Jackson, who was also running in the modified division, had a strong night picking up a pair of heat wins in his modified before finishing second to Bolduck in the fut- in the feature. rather. Jackson also picked up a heat win in his super late model. Jake Irwin won the other super late model on that heat on Thursday, while Chris Toms and Jamie Foxx picked up the factory stock heat race wins. And Anthony Marinaro won the four-cylinder feature while Devin Terrence and Shanna Harton picked up heat wins that at the Laird International Raceway in Sioux, Ontario. Well, speaking of Sioux, Ontario, football was played this past weekend at the Rocky DiPietro Field in Northern Football Conference action. And the Sioux Steelers uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary would get a big win as they knocked off the Sudbury Spartans 27 to 25. And what even more important for the Steelers, they will now have a home playoff game in just under two weeks as the Steelers was a back and forth affair and leading the way offensively for the Steelers would be Mr. Yost as he at his first name here. I didn't and don't think I have his first name listed, but Mr. Yost did very well as he had 204 yards uh, passing on 12 of 26. Brock Hoover would catch four passes for the Steelers for 94 yards as the Steelers will end their regular season with a record of 3-2-1 and one, and will host a playoff opening round game on August 6th, again, that at Rocky DiPietro Field. While Sudbury, they cap off their season with a 5-1 and one record. Well, speaking of football, earlier this summer, the Upper Peninsula Football All-Star Game was played. And the UP All-Star Game continues its giving ways by announcing that three UP high school football teams will receive donations from the game this year. Now, none are local. They are Ironwood, Norway, and Midpen. 
and their football programs will receive $1,000, which can be used for anything that benefits their football program. Now, the schools are picked at random each year. Once a school has been selected, that school will be removed from the lottery until all schools have been chosen once, and then the selection process starts over again. Every UP football program will get an equal donation from the All-Star Game in the amount of $1,000. After last year, every school in the UP had received the donation once, so the lottery started over this year by picking those three schools. In addition to the three schools selected, the Black and Red All-Star head coaches, they receive half the footballs used during the week leading up to the game. There are 24 new footballs each year, so both All-Star head coaches, which were George Nimi of Ishpeming and Joe Noah of Menominee, get to take home 12 footballs to their hometown team. Also, all the practice jerseys are donated to UP football programs. There's a full set of Navy gold jerseys that will go to Lake Linden Hubble High School, while the black and white jerseys, they will be given to Houghton High School. And these practice jerseys, they have the school name printed on them, and they are their school colors, so they can be used by the schools right away without any further additions to the jerseys. Other notable donations from the UP football game including one near and dear to my heart. My grandfather used to volunteer for the St. Vincent de Paul Society and the UP All-Star Game has donated 1,500 pounds of food to that food pantry, as well as a cash donation to Baycliff Health Camp, which are two organizations that operate on contributions from the community. The 50-50 raffle netted almost $2,000, so the individual got almost $1,000, while the All-Star Game would receive just under $1,000, and that was donated by the Mid-Pen Football Program for their assistance in selling tickets. So well done all around by the UP Football All-Star Game. We carry that game on our sister station, Oldies 93, and certainly an organization that gives back, and certainly one that is appreciated. We're going to take a quick break here on the game. We come back, we have a little bit more local sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to Sutra health.com are you a do-it-yourself or homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start everything electric has supplied the eastern upper peninsula for over 40 years their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business farm projects or anything in between call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at everything electric 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. 
Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 612 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to look at a very limited local sports uh, information and tidbits that I've come across the past week. Coming up after our next segment, we'll be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr. from the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, as Dave will join us to talk about the big trade, which took place Friday in the National Hockey League. He'll also talk about the Detroit. Detroit. Now, we won't talk about Detroit. Butch and I will do that. The Toronto Blue Jays and their big weekend in Boston and even touch on the WWE and Vince McMahon, a subject that Butch and I certainly will be discussing as well in Hour 2 of the game. Sioux Greyhounds, they will start their regular season at home uh, September 30th against North Bay. Once again this season, you can hear all Sioux Greyhound games home and away over on our sister station at Rock 101 with Jerry Liscomb Jr. We mentioned, I believe last week, the general manager of the Sioux Greyhounds, Kyle Raftis, had his contract extended. And the Sioux Greyhounds, they're hiring. They're looking for several positions to be filled. Uh, you can find all this information on their website, SueGreyhounds.com. Uh, they're looking for a video board operator. And the job purpose for that is reporting to the director of game day operations. The video board operator will play a vital role in creating a world-class in-game atmosphere. Primary duties of the video board operator are, but not limited to, operating the video board on game days, work with audio video staff to ensure the successful execution of in-game content. Anyone uh, applying for that, the required skills, understand the flow of a hockey game, good computer skills, multitasking, organizational skills, self-motivated, positive, and work well under pressure. Again, if you go to the Sioux Greyhounds website, you can find out how to apply. It says to apply by email, and the email address is jeff at SiouxGreyhounds.com. They're also looking for a camera operator. Obviously, that kind of goes without saying what the camera operator does, films the game. That's pretty tough. I got a lot of respect for anybody doing a camera, especially at a hockey game. Action gets fast and furious, so the Greyhounds are looking for a camera opener, operator rather, and another job in activation staff. Play a vital role in creating a world-class in-game operation. Primary duties of this one, uh, executing in-game activations and games. Work with audio-visual staff to ensure the successful execution of in-game com content. You also have to be self-motivated, positive attitude. So if you're looking for a job and you're looking up for a job in Sioux, Ontario, the Sioux Greyhounds are hiring. Matter of fact, we are hiring here at Sovereign Communications. We are seeking out board operators, uh, especially for our upcoming fall, winter, and spring sports seasons. If you want any information on that, just call the station here and we will hook you up. The Sioux Eagles of the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League will be holding their main camp uh, 
scheduled for the weekend of August 5th through the 7th at the Big Bear Arena in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Now, goalies must call before registering. You can call 847-921-4543. The final schedule for that event will be handed out at check-in on Friday, August 5th at 4 p.m. You can check the Sioux Eagles website for further updates. Just go to SiouxEagles.com or you can contact owner and general manager Bruno Braganolo at 847-921-4543 or head coach Doug LaProd at 906-322-0748. EUP Golf from this past week in the Manascon Senior Golf League, Paul Griffin shot the low gross with a 39 in the Manuscon Senior Golf League, Kelly Murray collected low net with 33. Low putt winners included Brian Lander and Rob Shiles with 14 each. And Chuck Shavisky won the special for the longest putt on number eight. And Kelly Murray hit the closest tee shot to the hole on number nine. The Oaks at Kinchelow Men's League, Rick Faust, Wayne Hessling Jr., David Windmuller, Ronnie Ballgame, Ronnie Van Sloten, and Brandon Brimacombe. Tied for the low round with 37s. Hesslink won at special for the closest shot to the hole on number 12. While Greg Smith was closest among 10 plus handicaps. Chris Smith had the longest putt on number 18 among 0 to 9 handicaps. While Greg Smith had the longest putt on number 18 among 10 plus handicaps. The Oaks at Kinchelow Two Women's Scramble League, the Brody Bogey Broads team finished with the low round of 39, while Jana Hutchinson had the longest putt on number 16. Sarah Grabendike won the special for closest to the oak tree on number 11. And Jenny Schrovenweaver won the lucky draw. I think if you're going to win anything, I'm, I'm, I'd like to win the lucky draw. But with my golf game, that's pretty much the only thing I'd be winning. And finally, at the Oaks at Kinchelow Senior Men's Scramble League, Rick Faust, Dave Blaskowski, and Jeff Case completed the low team round of 65. Blaskowski also won the special for closest second shot on number 10, while Chris Daughtry was closest to the pin on number 15. Well, we mentioned earlier the fall sports season practice schedule will begin in two weeks, two weeks from today. And of course, our coverage of high school football will continue here in our family of stations at Sovereign Communications. Dave Watson will be doing a Sioux High Blue Devil football over on 1230 WSOO. And Matt Pocket will be doing the EUP Game of the Week over on Country 105. We do have the schedule out for the Sioux High boys football team. They will begin in Escanaba on August 25th. That one, a 7 o'clock kickoff. The first home game this season at A.J. Van Sitters Field will be September 1st against Grayling. Then on September 9th, the Sioux High Blue Devils will take on Sheboygan, that one also at home. And then a Saturday afternoon game on September 17th, a 3 p.m. kickoff against Superior Heights out of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Then the Blue Devils will be on the road for three straight games. September 23rd at Ogama Heights at 7 o'clock. September 30th, away at Kingsley. That one also at 7 o'clock. And then October 8th, Traverse City, St. Francis. That one, a 1 p.m. start time. And the Blue Devils will finish at home for a pair of games, October 14th against Petoskey at 7 o'clock. 
and they will end their regular season at home against Benzie Central on October 21st. That one also a 7 o'clock start time. The Blue Devils 6-3 and three last year. Couldn't make the playoffs with the 6-3 and three record, but the schedule has improved as far as those always important playoff points because the way the football setup is now, it makes it very challenging when you're playing especially smaller schools to get to that six-win plateau and make the playoffs. Most of the 6-3 and three teams did make the playoffs, but as the Blue Devils found out and many other teams found out last year, not quite good enough. You got to probably win seven games to get in the playoffs, but the Blue Devils, to their credit, have improved their regular season schedule and certainly looking forward to covering high school football and all high school sports in the weeks, months to follow here on the game. We're going to take a break here on the game. When we come back, we'll be joined by David McKay Jr., host of the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now and every week on The Game, co-host of The Game here on News Talk 1400 and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, David McKay Jr. joining us once again on this Monday night. Kind of feels like fall out there, Dave. Things have cooled down after a pretty warm weekend. How you doing, sir? I am doing great. Hopefully you're doing well as well. And, you know, yes, you said it. It has a little bit of the fall feeling, then the temperature picks up near the end of the day. Oh, it's, it's so inconsistent, Okay, and I cannot believe that we're already in the middle to actually the end of July, I should say. It's absolutely ludicrous. It sure is, Dave. And uh, as always, we have lots to talk about. So let's start with the National Hockey League. And last weekend, we talked about some of the free agent moves. And uh, certainly that maybe hasn't been as busy this past week. But uh, moves have been made and certainly a very big move that caught both of us by surprise. I think pretty much the whole hockey world by surprise as uh, Calgary and Florida make a big, big deal. So Dave, the floor is yours. National Hockey League as we enter August. Go. Honestly, I remember Friday nights. Okay, everyone likes to enjoy the end of the work week and my better half and myself went to a dinner and a movie and I ended up missing a couple things on Friday. One of them being an absolute shellacking by the Jays over the Red Sox, I know we'll get into, which I know I would have loved to enjoy. And then the trade happened. Now, I'm not saying that I regret going out or anything because there's nothing better than a nice night out, but there was a lot of things that happened on uh, on Friday night per se. And um, honestly, I remember getting out of the movie on Friday. I actually went to go see Elvis, which was a very good movie. Austin very Butler good. did a ter- terrific job. Austin Butler did as Elvis. Um, but back on topic, I got out of the movie and I opened up my phone, and there it is: the Blue Jays score, and then this trade that came across the phone. The Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames connect on a highly unlikely trade that would never go through in any video game, even if you put it on easy mode, first off. Right. And secondly, it's just full surprise. you got Jonathan Hubert, though, and Martin Mackenzie Weger going over to the Calgary Flames on the prospect and a conditional first-round pick uh, with Kachuk heading the other way to Florida. Now, Kachuk, 
at that point as well has also re-signed uh, with the Florida Panthers. He signed a long-term eight-year uh, contract extension. And Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger are both on expiring contracts, uh, but Calgary getting that conditional first, which will be a first, obviously, and then Cole Schwinnett uh, being the other prospect, a former third-round pick. He was uh, – Calgary got an absolute – Big, nice haul for, for Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Now, Calgary would have had Kachuk go to restricted free agency, which would have been a qualifying offer in place. And then and Kachuk likely wouldn't have resigned. He would have had the drama all year. Maybe he wouldn't have, wouldn't have, uh, had played as well as he did this year because of distractions. Calgary had to trade him. As soon as that Goudreau left and Kachuk came out stating that he wasn't going to resign, you have to move him. If you're the GM of Calgary, you have to make that trade necessary to avoid the distractions this year and get the best return possible. And not only did he get the best return possible, he got the most unlikely return possible that people only dream of. Jonathan Huberdeau had a career year, massive improvement in points, 115 points this year, okay? Mackenzie Weger is a top four defenseman, okay? Now, listen, I'm going to go to Toronto for a second. What is on my Toronto wish list as a Leaf fan? Top six forward, top four D, and stability in net. Unfortunately, stability in net still in question, but I know if I was Toronto and they got Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger, I'd be jumping all over the place. So if I was Calgary, I'd be jumping all over the place right now, too, for the return you got for Kachuk. couple things. Huberdeau, yes, is on an expiring contract, and so is Mackenzie Weger. But Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger have stated in their press conferences today that they are interested in long-term contract extensions. Now, I think it's more realistic for Weger, uh, but for, for, for Jonathan Huberdeau, you better give him a product on the ice to potentially have him to stay. And I know Calgary's been in the run for not running for Nazem Kadri, as has the Boston Bruins and New York Islanders and still Colorado Avalanche. So it's very interesting to see what Calgary is going to do. And I can sit here and give everyone predictions how I think they're going to do, but going to the trade first before I even get into that very briefly, Calgary won this trade, and I'll tell you why. Number one, that first-round pick. Whatever that turns out to be, if it's a player that spends a good amount of time in Calgary, high-end caliber player or not, that's still a bonus because you're going to lose Kachuk for nothing. He would have gotten less value in the future, especially if he would have had a worse season uh, or if something would have happened. Two, Mackenzie Weger and Huberto, despite if they get extensions or not, those are great quote-unquote rental players. They'll help Calgary still be a playoff team this year. I still think they need to add some more top pieces, such as a Nazem Kadri, or look at another piece to add uh, to the top nine to make them a bit more effective. They're already very impressive on defense uh, with the likes of Tanev, with Hannafin, now with Mackenzie Weger, Shillington. They got a good little nucleus of defense there, so I and potentially another top nine forward and fit it within the cap, Calgary is going to be placed very nicely and actually have a very good chance competing with Edmonton this year. So even if it is a rental, if Calgary utilizes it as a rental, that is okay. But I think they should side on the area of caution as if they lose Huberdeau and Uyghur for nothing. But it kind of contradicts what I was saying because Using them as a rental is of benefit still, but it all leads back to my first point of how that first-round pick turns out to be, and even the prospect that they acquired from Florida. Honestly, if I'm Calgary, and people are going to think I am absolutely maybe nuts, but if you sign Nazem Kadri, you keep Huberto and you give him a blank check. The player deserves it. 
Mackenzie Weger deserves good money. Pay the guys, especially since they've expressed interest. However, these players aren't going to sign a contract likely until at least the deadline, if not the end of the year, which is very risky for Calgary. So if you're Calgary, if my honest opinion is if you get Kadri in a top-end player, you keep those guys and you take the risk. But if you don't bring in any other talent for the rest of the season and you're going with the guy, I think you have to trade Jonathan Huberdeau. They've already stated that teams have reached out to Huberdeau. They've already released them to a press conference. So I know people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, Dave, they've already introduced them. Why would they do that? It wouldn't be a right-away thing. It would be a deadline trade. And they can probably get another top young forward, another first-round pick for Jonathan Huberdeau at the desperate for that top six piece to put them over the edge. Mackenzie Weger, you can likely get a first and a lower-end prospect for Mackenzie Weger as well if he continues to play the way he did at the deadline because both of them have very cap friendly deals and Huberto in particular is a 5.9 million dollar hit on the cap which is very cheap for teams that are like Toronto for teams that are like uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning I'm just naming a couple teams off the top of my head Colorado Avalanche at the end of this year they're going to be looking for those players that you can retain 50%, get maximum value. So Calgary has the ball in their court and can do whatever they want. Either way, it's a win-win for Calgary. If they keep them all year, then lose them. But Or if they end up trading them again and flipping them for more assets by the deadline. I, and honestly, if I'm a Calgary team, I'm resigning Huberdeau and Uyghur, and I'm restoring faith with, this, with these fans uh, for this franchise this season. They have a division where they can be very competitive and still successful. You know, you have Edmonton this year, and you have the LA Kings that are going to make strides forward, especially if they get a player like Jacob Chikrin from the Arizona Coyotes, if that trade goes through eventually, because they are rumored, along with the Ottawa Senators, the Leafs, and the Bruins, to get Jacob Chikrin. So that competitive. So Calgary still has a chance, though, to be a second in that division with this roster. So that's why I think Calgary won the trade because of all those points. Florida, I'm going to go to you for a second. Okay. You got Matthew Kachuk. You've now brought in a player that you're going to be able to keep for eight years because you were likely to lose Huberdo and Uyghur for nothing. And honestly, you were probably going to get cap crunched if you did resign, which would have affected you for other players in the future. So yes, I think Zito overpaid. Uh, for Matt Kachuk, I think Huberto for Kachuk straight up would have been enough. But if you look at the fine details of this trade contracts, it was definitely almost a trade that was worth Calgary, but more so into Calgary's benefit because of the star-studded talent that they got. And yes, I consider Uyghur a star-studded talent because if you have a top-four defenseman by trade who can get 30-plus points and play both power play and penalty kill, that's an D-man in today's NHL. Calgary Flames win this trade by a landslide, in my opinion, at this point. We'll see what happens by next year. But Calgary has any, they can do anything they want now. They can continue to spend money and be, continue to be competitive, or you still keep the young core and look at moving Huberdeau later on in the year if you're not achieving to where you need to be. But I think that'd be crazy for them to do. Keep Huberdeau, keep Uyghur. They got two Canadian pieces and talent, guys that would love to be in a Canadian market, and I think they did it right by this trade. And this trade, Scott, was absolutely unbelievable uh, for Florida and Calgary, both all in all, to shake up their teams. But Calgary definitely making out like bandits. I don't know if you agree, but it certainly seems that way at this point. I can't argue anything you said there. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game, breaking down the big trade in the NHL over the weekend and breaking down a team that's probably restored his faith and then some since the All-Star break, the Toronto Blue Jays, fresh off a three-game sweep 
of the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park, scoring 40 runs in three games, including 28 <laughs> runs on Friday, which is the most they've ever scored in a game and almost the most ever scored in a game in Major League Baseball. The Jays now uh, still 12 and a half games behind the New York Yankees, who have cooled down a bit, but the Jays in better wild card spot as they are now uh, firmly in the wild card position, a two game lead over their nearest competitors. Uh, Dave, you got to be smiling wide about what you saw from the Blue Jays. Can they keep it going? Oh, Scotty, smiling is putting it lightly. Like I said, that Friday night seeing that score, that made me more happy uh, than re- wanting to react about the trade in the National Hockey League, of course. Well, of course, it didn't involve a Toronto team. It involved the team that was in Toronto's division. Uh, so, honestly, what made me happy was seeing that score uh, with, the, with the Toronto Blue Jays more than that trade in the National Hockey League because there was a lot of records set in that win. Okay, Gurry Allen hits. Runs by the Jays, uh, records were broken, okay, that entirety of the game. I can't remember all of them uh, that were listed, but it was so darn impressive. I looked at that, I looked up, shook my head, pinched my left arm, looked back down, refreshed my phone, and know that it wasn't a dream. Uh, I didn't. I knew I didn't get knocked out or something didn't happen because that did happen. A team that they've been chasing before the All-Star break and caught up to and kind of been battling with, they absolutely shellacked all three games. It wasn't, I know it was closer in game two, but even the, the final game of the series, the Jays were just hitting, 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 absolutely no mercy. 40 runs in three games. That's astronomical, okay? You, you don't hear of that. And that is against a team like the Red Sox at right. Fenway Park. Oh my God, the fans at Fenway were just absolutely booing. And how Alex Cora hasn't lost his job yet after that embarrassment this weekend, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I don't know how he didn't get fired yet. I don't know if Boston's already called Madden and maybe offered him the job. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but the Boston Red Sox had a very rude awakening uh, this past weekend, and the Jays were just – Something woke them up. And if you remember last couple years, after the All-Star break, the Jays have been getting hot. They do get hot in the second half of the season. This is what I was looking forward to do, but they have to keep it up. They got a big couple games this week, but sticking with the Red Sox series, everything went well in that Red Sox series. So I guess one thing you could take away this weekend was Alec Manoa, right? I guess there was some feedback from the Boston radio and media about how he was being a quote-unquote hothead. And John Schneider did a good job cooling him down. But you know what, Boston fans and Boston uh, followers, you have a franchise that was at the Rogers Center earlier this year, Verdugo flipping his bat and mocking the bench and getting excited. You had, yeah. uh, I believe, yeah. Christian Vazquez flipping his bat on a walk and being conceded. Look, Toronto fans know nothing better than bat flips, okay? We know how exactly bat flips can be. But that was <laughs> nothing connected to Boston. That was Texas, Toronto. If any fan should really dislike Toronto, it's Texas fans, okay? Boston, we there was... There was a lot of, I guess you could say, active conceitedness from the Boston players then. Manoa was just fired up. Big strikeout, big point in the game. He's young, and the Boston player took exception to it. Yes, Manoa's young, but he's a very special pitcher. One of the best to do it in the game at this current point. One of the best young stars in the game. Him mic'd up at the All-Star game was great. So you know what? Give credit where it's due. Yes, it was a little bit of an act of too much, but guess what? Get used to it, Boston fans. You're going to be seeing a lot of Alec Manoa, and he might be doing that to a lot of your players as the future comes forward. I like it. I love the emotion. Toronto has been 
great this past weekend. They've had a good little tear before the All-Star break on a better positive note. They need to continue that going forward uh, into this week against the Cardinals. And they also play the Tigers uh, this week at home before going back on the road uh, for a very important road trip next week. So the Jays got off on a good start from this past weekend, to say the least. 40 runs, impressive. Gurriel's been an absolute stud. Every player has been contributing. But Scott, what I noticed a lot this weekend is Boston players, it's like they forgot how to play baseball. You know, you watch those movies, Disney-type movies, where you have this uh, studded team against these young, against these guys that don't play a lot, and you think of the clown music, like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. When they're looking up in the, in the sky, and the ball goes 10 feet behind him, he turns around and stares at it, and doesn't <laughs> run towards it. Verdugo had to run to the ball. I would have threw the ball at my players saying, get the ball. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Run towards it. And all the pop flies they missed. Jeter Downs, I don't know if he's named after Derek Jeter, but he didn't look like Derek Jeter on the third base there. He was playing like uh, like I do at third base some nights, okay? Uh, he was throwing the ball airs, dropping the ball. Like, it was just... They were giving hits and giving runs to the Jays, too. So despite the Jays being good hitters, there was some of that as well going on in the game uh, that the Boston Red Sox allowed them to get those hits that led to bigger hits, that led to even bigger hits. So Boston, I think they need to smarten up a little bit or they're going to be in trouble uh, down the stretch here. And I think a change needs to come from management if they don't make a change by this week. But the Jays have been hot. The deadline's coming up in a few weeks, and I still think they need to add a nice arm, like a Noah Syndergaard would be a great piece to add if they possibly could, or uh, if they can potentially add a uh, Josh Bell and Patrick Groban from the Nationals. I think the Jays could use another arm and bat, uh, potentially another reliever arm to put them over the top uh, to really try to solidify their wild card spot, because I feel like they are going to be behind the Jays, or sorry, behind the Yankees for the rest of the year. They're really running away with that division. Uh, so the, the Jays being that wild card spot, they can host the three games at home and but if they can add some pieces if they can get to that second round which will likely be against the Yankees then they can possibly uh, defeat the Yankees uh, to go on for a longer postseason run so I'm excited though Scott it was a great weekend for the Jays and Dave uh, with the Blue Jays scoring 40 runs in three games this weekend with the Tigers coming to town for four they could probably double that output in four games, if not more. So I think they're going to like the Tigers coming into town the way that team has played. And we'll certainly get to them coming up next with Butch Davis. Uh, Dave, we just have a few minutes left. And uh, normally Butch and I talk about this subject, and maybe not every week, but occasionally the world of wrestling. I know you have been a wrestling fan, especially in the past. And anybody that's watched wrestling, really, that's probably under the age of 60, has known uh, Vince McMahon, uh, the former CEO of WWE uh, who was forced to retire or he retired depending on which way you want to look at it uh, due to the ongoing uh, investigation and allegations of uh, sexual uh, misconduct uh, reports came out last week that he paid 12 million dollars to four women over the past few years but uh, you know looking at Vince McMahon as you know the CEO as Mr. McMahon anybody that watched wrestling would uh, be very familiar with him you wanted to give your thoughts the floor is yours Honestly, you know, and there's a big casual wrestling analyst on our show that people forget about because he's only done very minimal additions, but Intercontinental Inch is his name, and he's a very, he still follows wrestling to a, to a passion right down to his core. And when he, when him and I were communicating, 
as of late about it. He was kind of getting into character, and I had to make sure I swayed him to be back to normalcy when he's talking to me a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he he's somebody that I kind of wanted to even bring on the show today, but uh, I wasn't able to coordinate or connect with you that, even Scott. So down the road, I think it'd be a good idea to get his character on so fans can enjoy it. But he... He, there's somebody that's been watching wrestling for years, much like yourself. He, uh, he's got almost a, a decade on me, Intercontinental Inch, in terms of age. And, you know, th- that part of the era of wrestling that I remember watching was that Attitude Era, right? You got the yep. Undertaker, you got it, Triple H, Mankind, The Rock, Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, Edge. Uh, Hulk Hogan was at the tail end of everything, and Kane, and X-Pac, D-Generation X, Shawn Michaels, like, I, all that was amazing, and I remember watching wrestling until I was about 13, 14 years old, before I swayed away from it, because I believe it got worse in terms of entertainment, to be frank with everybody, uh, but I still have friends that follow it routinely, such as Intercontinental Inch, and, and we, we did briefly touch on Vince McMahon, and my thought about Vince McMahon was there's somebody who brought wrestling to life. And despite these allegations, which are severe, I'm not going to get into those allegations. We all know how serious it is and how inappropriate it is. But yeah. there's somebody yeah. who has done a tremendous, um, provided a tremendous gift, such as a WWF that turned into the WWE. And he, he has a family that's involved, Stephanie and Shane, Triple H's son-in-law, right? The game <laughs> himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and of course, no, uh, no adders sponsor to that with Triple H to the show here, but those are legends. And, you know, now that I look back, Triple H is uh, not wrestling. You've got The Undertaker not wrestling. Vince McMahon, you don't have Stone Cold or, like, who doesn't really anymore. All these guys from the Attitude Era, Hulk Hogan, you know, that, the guys that Vince McMahon brought in, you don't really see, obviously, unless there's some guest appearances by them, such like The Rock and John Cena and those guys, but Vince McMahon was a, is a legend in terms of what he brought to life. And he brought entertainment to everybody's households. And he did a tremendous job of doing it. And he created such a very, very successful wrestling brand that's worth, I don't even know how much today. I think a billion. It must be a billion. I don't know, top of my head. But it must be worth a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And all that thanks to the McMahon, uh, to Vince McMahon himself. And no chance, just like his um, his entrance song is called "No Chance." Will anyone touch the pedigree? Hint, hint to Triple H there as well uh, wow. that he wow. made, made his mark on the WWE and the wrestling world. No chance anyone uh, ever contends with what he does. And all the best to his retirement. He may not hear these words from me, but he's definitely made a big impact on my childhood with wrestling, much like he has with everybody else. Great references, sir, at the end. I like that, combining the song and, of course, uh, Triple H's finishing move. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And, Dave, before we let you go, what's ahead for you and your crew with the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, over the next couple weeks? You know, we got the long weekend coming up this week, so kind of uh, delays a potential top shelf show that we'd like to have with a little bit more in-depth about the Kachuk-Huberto trade, but also some other hockey news. But we will have a Strike Zone edition this upcoming Wednesday will be the recording, so everyone should be able to enjoy it Wednesday night or by Thursday morning on all platforms. We will have a special edition upload, but it was supposed to be this week, but I'm pausing it because of it being uh, the long weekend week. It will be uploaded next week. I will not state who the guest is. You'll just have to keep an eye on the uploads on the GameSportsShow.com and the TGM Network YouTube channel. So Strike Zone this week. Uh, then we got a special edition coming up next week as well as a top shelf will be delayed till next week as well. So a few things uh, on the docket, but uh, only one show in the near future until next week. 
Dave, as always, thanks for joining us on the game. Uh, we will not be uh, having a show next week due to my vacation and the second anniversary with my beautiful wife, Becky. We'll talk to you in two weeks' time for our next edition of the game, sir. Scotty, wouldn't miss it. Miss you in person. Can't wait to do it hopefully after in September. And happy anniversary to yourself and also your better half, as I like to say with mine, Becky. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. Welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Joining us now, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. A late night edition of Butch on Sports from early this morning, which you can find on Butch's website. Just go to simplybutch2. That's too.podomatic.com. You can also find all editions of Butch on Sports on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, as Butch joins us each and every week to give us insight and opinion on the world of sports, not only in Metro Detroit, but the sports world in general. Butch, it's cooled up off here in northern Michigan. How's the weather down your parts, and how are you doing, sir? Nice and, nice and warm. 79 degrees right now here in the southeast of Michigan here. Uh, it's, it's, it can't get better, no better than that there. You know, but it's good. That's good. That's good, Butch. And uh, I mentioned it earlier, you know, local sports, uh, pretty quiet around summertime in these parts. But we're two weeks away from the start of the fall sports season in high school sports around the state of Michigan, as it'll be football, volleyball, cross country and other sports starting. Uh, You and I already uh, got credential information for the fall. It, It seems like the season just ended and boom, here we go again. Another, another hectic year. Who's going to do what, when, why, and how there? And um, I think that a lot of kids is going to be very pumped up because of this is uh, many years uh, we have had in the past. Well, that's a couple too. So everybody's expecting to be somewhere, or whoever participating in sport that is, is uh, has something to do and. Right now, if they're 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 wise and nice, they're getting ready for that right now. But um, football coming, track, cross country. Ah, it don't get no better. It doesn't, Butch. And I just wanted to add a question or ask a question to you, uh, you know, somebody that played high school football uh, a few years ago, not many, but a a few years ago, you know, here we are in 2022. Uh, The question I want to pose, because I didn't play any football or high school football, it's still a big deal. Is it as big a deal as when it was for you growing up, or has it uh, maybe not as big a deal to a lot of people? Just kind of an opinion question. I was curious on your thoughts on that. Well, my my answer is twofold. I play in the city of Detroit, which is a huge conglomerate of um, football club, being there's a whole lot of high schools in the city of Detroit. But just on the outskirts of me, I see a block is River Rouge, and you have E-Course, and you have Wyandotte. The list goes on and on, a down river school. And they don't get that feel or that push that maybe the city of Detroit got, you know, because right. these are smaller cities, per se. 
and the town's expectation for sports, especially football in the fall, is greatly uh, pumped up there. It is uh, a T-shirt shop. They'll start offering T-shirts for football and all kind of booster kind of situations go on. Uh, a lot of fundraisers are held and it, it's a big thing in, in the smaller towns and whatnot. There may be in the city of Detroit where just expectation of getting ready. You may, in my case, I had just played maybe baseball and you got maybe these two weeks off to get recuperated or do some things you haven't been able to do and you do those before you go into football camp and, and get grounded down and get to a no-not one. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, the question is, is, is really a plus, like I said, for the small cities there, that football is a big impact into the city versus maybe the city of Detroit, where it kind of get warmed up until maybe October there when playoffs and stuff go, go awry. And the other question I wanted to ask you, Butch, uh, especially up here in, in the smaller communities, over the past dozen or so years, we've seen uh, several of the teams that we cover switch to eight-man or eight-player football. And, you know, there was a lot of resistance maybe at first, especially with some of the, uh, you know, maybe coaches and individuals that, you know, the only thing they've known is because that's the only thing that was played was 11-man, traditional 11-man or 11-player football. You know, we only have two schools in our area that we cover that still play uh, traditional 11-man football. That's the Sioux and St. Ignace. And you're seeing more and more schools uh, switch to that because of declining numbers and uh, declining enrollment, especially here in the Upper Peninsula. I just wanted your thoughts on just the, you know, the whole eight-player football aspect. Yes, it's a different game, usually a lot more high scoring. You have more space out there. What are your thoughts on eight-man football? Well, as you just said, Scott, normally the eight-man football is done at maybe smaller Class D or as we used to call it, the Class D or the smaller charter schools that basically have maybe so many kids. I say in the area, 300 or less children in school there, maybe yeah. uh, at, at best you got uh, – uh, I get a small knowledge of maybe maybe fifty or thirty of them may know some you know DC about football and whatnot. Maybe the other players per se are learning as they go here, so they're, they're like the the punching dummies for practice and whatnot. There, and I hate to say it, but normally that's true there. But it's not so much here, like I said, uh, the smaller charter schools per se, or some of the smaller public schools that maybe have a small small amount of kids. And, and those are including private schools as well, uh, get into the eight-man football because, again, that uh, slight smaller enrollment per se uh, experience has a lot to do with it. And also school of choice, okay, yep. where normally a kid no longer has to stay in the city that they reside in. They can go somewhere else, okay, and, and participate long as that school of choice is is granted and they enroll or, you know, certain legalities go into place. Um, and, and I know the rule is still there. If you go and transfer other than um, big reasons there, you have to sit out one year. And a lot of kids are doing that in order to do it. I know I did it, okay, in order to go to another school there 
and, and participate there. Not because of uh, the school was bad, because they wasn't getting the playing time or the attention that is deserved in Lazama, making an opportunity of something they really love and uh, enjoy doing. Yeah, you know, to me, eight-player football is a necessary evil. And again, I'm not calling the evil of eight-player football. It's still football. Kids are still playing and still enjoying it. But it's just, it's the reality of the situation here it's in Northern Michigan. Thing, like I said, for these smaller schools, again, yeah. it, either you lose a player. And, and again, you look at the state of Michigan, how they got football set up. There's several ways you can go about it there. And one of the rules you can go about it with most schools now, they kind of combine talents with from school to school. You can't trade off and maybe have maybe a private school come to maybe a public school, and that would make uh, them qualified and eligible to have more or less an 11-man playing on the surface. If you don't have that still, that advantage of that, maybe that private school or vice versa, go to uh, one of those uh, community uh, schools there are still able to play the game. There might be eight uh, player t- uh, football there, but again, able to participate. There's a it's a good thing because, again, no one is left out. It's a wacky thing to a lot of us who got used to it and and know there's certain rules that you have to get used to again in eight-player football versus the um, – uh, the regular football. The eight-player football remind me a great deal of Canadian-style football. Yes, exactly. Okay. Butch, we're going to take our top of the hour break. But when you and I come back, we have a lot more to talk about. And we will start with our favorite team, the Detroit Tigers. All coming up in one minute on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to our two of the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show of the game here on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Well, Butch, let's get to Major League Baseball and let's start with the Detroit Tigers uh, coming off the All-Star break. The Tigers actually got a win 
in game one of their doubleheader in Oakland. Plenty of good seats available for that one. And since then, it's been the same old Tigers. They would get shut out in game two and then have a brief two-game home series against the Minnesota Twins this weekend at Comerica Park, where the Tigers were shellacked twice, as now the Tigers, a season-low 20 games below 500. They'll start a three-game homestand against the San Diego Padres tonight and then travel to Toronto for four games against the red-hot Toronto Blue Jays. Butch, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, you know, they're at their worst record of the season. Uh, injuries abound, a hitting, struggling. Uh, before we get into some of the details, your thoughts overall on uh, our beloved Detroit Tigers. Well, I mentioned them last night on the on the show there, but again, it, it's despicable right now the way this club is uh, is performing, you know, professionally and otherwise. There, it, it, it's sad that our fans, who had so much expectation um, when they went to training camp in February, now looking at a pile of garbage that's second to none, yep. uh, a big fat joke. And maybe something good will come out of this there. <laughs> you know, knock on wood if it do, but it, it, it's, it's bad. And I think the, the worst part about it is the amount of injuries that the pitchers are having on this particular club. And see, like every pitcher has had a round full of more or less major injuries. So my question is, is basically there are they looking at the medical team and how are they preparing these particular pitchers there? I said sometime back, I think a year, year and a half ago about Casey Mize, for example. I thought he was being punished when they, the Tigers drafted him and did not bring him up right away just to see the major league. We sat on the bench or basically got put in there for relief or basically be given a start as a reward. It don't seem like it's now when you're getting these kids out of college, and I got a lot to say about that with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, they they want to put them back on a ball and make them work their way up, which right. takes maybe three to four years, and that's I think that's the stupidity of baseball right now. That it really and truly is not getting across to me at all. Talking about injuries, Butch, and I printed off the injury report just from the past few days. We saw Ronnie Garcia. He didn't make it out of the third inning yesterday. Uh, he has exited. It looks like he's going to be shut down for a while, and he was just coming off the injury list on Sunday. Uh, Michael Pineda also um, injured, as well as Willie Peralta. Matt Manning, who's been out for a while. Kyle Funkhauser looks like he is done. You have Alex Fado. He's going to require hip sur surgery. He's done. Eduardo Rodriguez, well, not as much an injury as just a lot of uh, personal situations going with him. I looked it up, Butch. The Tigers have had 27 different pitchers take the mound this year. Now, a couple of those were position players and blowouts, but 27 pitchers, and we're just past the halfway point. Uh, you mentioned it, you know, what sort of uh, training regiment or what sort of things, how is that not a, a huge issue? All teams deal with injuries, but boy, to have this many guys keep continuing to go on the injured list and then get off the list and go back on it, it certainly uh, makes you scratch your head. Well, 
sound like the good old boys here. You know what I'm saying here? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's funny, but again, a lot of it has to do with changing of philosophy in baseball here. And a lot of it is garbage. It's going to ruin the game. It has ruined the game. Because once upon a time, your, your pitcher was one of your best fitted people on the field there. When that pitcher went out to pitch, they expected to go out and pitch nine innings. Nowadays, you're not, you know, you're not liable. If you get five good innings in, then, pitch, you know, coaches are taking you out and this particular reliever and that. And it has ruined this game miserably here because now the expectation for pitchers being the best people in shape are now the worst people in shape here. And, and, and this, is, this is, I mean, it's happening on other clubs, true enough. But on this particular team here, it, it has to be a question might be raised, not only by the vice president, but the president of this organization, which is Mr. Illich, is to look high and dry of is you know, is it the good old boys type of situation they're running here? Or maybe they need to make a change on who they're trusting in the health and well-being of these kids there. And you mentioned it on your show last night, Butch, uh, the question, uh, are they – being professionals and playing for their manager. You know, A.J. Hinch has, has, has a good pedigree. Obviously, he has some uh, skeletons there with uh, the situation in Houston, but the guy knows how to manage a baseball club. Are the players just, I'm not saying every player, but has the team quit on A.J. Hinch, in your opinion? Well, managing the baseball club, that's, that question is still out when he got caught up and got suspended for one year. For that's true. That's true. You know, you're putting cameras on gas on garbage cans and all this other stuff there to get an advantage, but that question is in is in doubt there. And I, you know, I I'm not going to second guess Alavilla's decision and bring them into Detroit there. Although I'm quite sure, and at the point in time, there were many other good coaches, even from their own organization. And this is where I'm kind of hot as a firecracker with the Tigers again. Where is the incentive for all these coaches that they hire to be able to be brought up to the major league level to get their dream of coaching the major league team? And that's not there with the Detroit Tigers baseball club. Not looking at it, not to me, because they haven't brought up too many people from that particular organ, that particular organization to to wean on up there. And it, that's it's just sad right now the way things are going with this organization. We just had a draft that I am very disappointed with. I am very disappointed to the core because, again, of all the teams in this in uh, in this league, and there's over 30, Detroit Tigers couldn't find a way of putting someone from the state of Michigan on the roster there. And then you've got the city of Detroit, which has a – humongous amount of um, of clubs in here and also recreational clubs included, okay, at Ray League, uh, the Little Caesars League, uh, Baseball League. And they, you don't draft nobody, you know. Yeah. I'm looking at a kid right here. His name is Greg Pace, uh, Detroit Edison High School. Well received. He got drafted by Toronto in the 20th round. Wow. 
the 20th round, but he did go somewhere. Yep. Okay? The fact of the matter is the Detroit Tigers had slim pickings of this guy here and did not take him up. So there's something wrong with Alavila's philosophy here and where you're getting your talent at. He's going down south and parts unknown, but he's not dealing with anybody up north. And, you know, again, the city of Detroit as well as the state of Michigan, they're known to have great ball players there. Hey, Jim Cott, do you know? Mm-hmm. A long time, but he got there. He got in. He's from the state of Michigan there, from Holland, Michigan, yep. per se there, okay? Wearing the wooden now, shoes. stupid. And uh, it's just something, you know, maybe I need to talk to my, my, my peers in the media in the Detroit. See, these questions can't be answered because, again, Detroit is missing a great opportunity to make their club better. You you know, we have Eric Haas here, who is from Michigan, from Westland, which is down the street corner away from me or something of that nature. And he seems like the most enthusiastic Tiger of of anybody on the team. You know, given, this, given the time he's able to play, he has not been rewarded like he was last year. One of the best Tigers on the team are given something that no one expects. And his reward was they get another catcher from some other organization to start. You mentioned, I agree, Butch. And uh, one of those things that a lot of people think is wrong is general manager Al Avila. And uh, one Tigers fan is uh, trying to take matters into his own hands in order to pull some pressure on owner Chris Illich to fire Avila immediately. Uh, Sam Tomasi, a Tigers fan, announced uh, on social media that tomorrow night, July 26th, will be Fire Al Night at Comerica Park, according to Mr. Tomasi. It's obvious that our voices are not being heard loud enough in year seven of the rebuild. Now 20 games below 500. We deserve better. July 26th, we bring our fire Al signs, get the loud chants going, and send a message in the right field seats. Between sections 101 and 106, he encourages fans to be loud and bring signs to support the cause. Now, obviously, Butch, this is one fan, but you know these things can build up. Uh, Fire Al Avilaite tomorrow night. You're going to be there. I think uh, that's a pass to go. It's also aunts and uncles night, too. Yeah, there you go. In in the country, that's a national holiday. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah, well, what better time to go out there and just see some crap being started here in the city of Detroit? Maybe they'll send the police or something. I don't know. But that's, and I don't know, again, fire is a huge word. But again, when you come down to looking at the, the job that Illich is doing with the club and how much he's getting involved, I think he's allowing people that he hired or his dad hired to to run the ship. Uh his only my only concern is he doesn't get more personal with it there because again as an owner who's shoveling out all this money or giving out this permission to shovel out money to certain areas of there per se. It, it's I I can't understand why we haven't heard more from him. 
Butch, finally on the tires before we go to our next break and talk about Major League Baseball as a whole in our next segment. We won't be doing a show next week due to my vacation, so it's going to be two weeks till we have our next show. And of course, during those two weeks, the Major League Baseball trade deadline uh, will be among us. Uh, you know, being where the Tigers are right now, uh, you know they do have uh, five players on expiring contracts, including catcher Tucker Barnhart, outfielder Robbie Grossman, right-handed pitchers Michael Full. Michael Pineda and Willie Peralta, you know, a couple of those guys are injured, so likely won't be going anywhere. What what should we expect out of the Tigers in the trade deadline? Uh, obviously, it appears they won't be buyers, but will uh, we be seeing some players on the move? I've seen some strange things happen, but again, when players don't have the desire to perform where they're at right now, um, that story has already been Told and sail, the ship has sailed here, you know. We're, I'm quite sure we're going to see somebody or a couple um, get thrown out of Detroit or vice versa there. They'll be needed somewhere else. But, again, does it, does it do anything for the problem that we have here right now there? And I think right now, it, I think the, the – the, I think the the biggest problem is is a general manager and a manager running this club and continually letting it go to go to pot, okay? I think that would be the most important thing. And if anything, when that happened, I'm quite sure hopefully that the president gets involved and try to make some moves, some changes, or again, as I said last night, have a come-to-Jesus meeting with both of them and let them know where they stand and what they need to do to make this place better. Certainly something needs to change and uh, not much time to change it in this season. But we're going to take a break. When you and I come back, we'll look around at Major League Baseball. We'll also talk about the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, this past weekend in Cooperstown. All that coming up and much more on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. To make this the summer event at O'Connor's will make your summer with big savings on ultra-low mile leases on the rides you love. Like a new 2022 Jeep Gladiator High Altitude with a 39-month $4.99 payment plus tax. You pay $49.95 at signing. Or new 2022 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn. Grab a 36-month $379 payment plus tax. You pay $28.73 when you sign. Must qualify for Stellantis Lease Loyalty Bonus Cash for either offer. At O'Connor's of Pickford. See dealer for details. Reed Metals in Tafter is your honest metal recycling business. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals buys heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, lead-based batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, 
tin, cast, aluminum, steel, sheet iron, and many more types of metals. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for scrap vehicles, and they also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com. Reed Metals, conveniently located only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 717 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's keep it with Major League Baseball for this segment. And as always, we take a look at the standings as teams just coming off the All-Star break playing this weekend in the American League East. The New York Yankees uh, cooled off by their standards, just 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games where they continue to lead the AL East with a 12 and a half game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays put up 40 runs in three games, including a 28 spot on Boston on Friday night. I know you'll have some comments on that. Tampa Bay also in the wild card mix, along with the Red Sox and, yes, the Baltimore Orioles, one game below 500. In the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins lead Cleveland by three games, the White Sox by four. The Tigers now in dead last. In the AL Central, one half game behind the Kansas City Royals. AL West, Seattle cooled off over the weekend as they were swept by the Houston Astros. Astros with a 13-game lead. In the AL West, Mariners still in wild card contention. Looking at the wild card in the American League, Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle are the three teams that would be in the wild card position if the playoffs started today which of course they don't. In the National League, a good race going on. The Mets still with a game-and-a-half lead over Atlanta. Philadelphia is still in the mix at nine-and-a-half back. NL Central is a two-horse race. Milwaukee with a two-and-a-half game lead over St. Louis. And the L.A. Dodgers, uh, they continue to lead the NL West by 11-and-a-half games over San Diego. San Francisco uh, really slumping right now. Losers of four straight. They're 16-and-a-half back. Looking at the National League wild card race, Atlanta, San Diego, and the Cardinals. Your three teams that would be in, Philly and San Francisco, just a couple games back. Back. So, Butch, we're heading into August. Uh, NL and AL races abound. Uh, your thoughts overall on Major League Baseball? <laughs> no thoughts. Just like I said, it will happen. Uh, in the East, it's pretty cut and dry with the Yankees going to win the division. But again, 
you have all teams in that particular division fighting for playoff um, or wild card stability, and that's really kind of weird. Um, five games between Toronto and Baltimore. Yeah. There. That's, that, that, that's pretty exciting there. When the White Sox are going to be the White Sox, but they're, they're getting hot now. They're Still hanging around. It's getting cold. So they might see, see some things switch around overnight if they keep happening the way they're happening. Minnesota is staying there with the skinny skin skin, and they were probably glad to, to do what they did this weekend you know, yeah. in order to their foes and whatnot. Um, in the National League, uh, I expect the St. Louis to be better, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a headwind for them in Milwaukee there. Um, the Dodgers are getting good. Um, San Diego, of course, in town for the Tigers, and they'll get better in, in that particular case. But I don't see anything too uh, – to threatening. Only thing is, is the National League East, where I say uh, the teams, uh, and, and I'm going to say Miami here because as young as they are right now, they're they're getting hot at the right time there, and their and their pitching is getting way way better. So they get some timely hitting, although they had one of their players out for a considerable period of time this week. On the entry, I think Chisholm is the one that's went out there. Um, that's going to be a pretty interesting race in the uh, NL East there. I, I don't think the Mets got too much to be threat about other than Atlanta, but that's going to be a pretty good race for far as trying to get a wild card uh, placement concern as well. Yeah, the American League East, Butch, I agree. That's uh, very interesting that you still have five teams in contention. I think a lot of people expected Toronto, Tampa, Boston, of course, and New York Yankees uh, to be part of that mix. Uh, Baltimore is still hanging around. Again, that bullpen has done very well. Uh, they you know, didn't have a bad series against the Yankees, but they played right with them. Uh, I agree with you on the AL Central. Watch out for the White Sox. A lot of people picked the White Sox at the beginning of the year, and uh, they seem to be getting hot winners of seven of their last 10, uh, certainly giving Minnesota a challenge. Uh, yes, Seattle did cool down a bit this weekend, uh, but they're firmly in the wild card spot. Uh, Houston uh, may be uh, the team that gives the Yankees the most uh, challenge uh, during the playoffs, but lots to be sorted out. And of course, with the trade deadline, things can change. Uh, the Yankees will start a two-game subway series with the Mets tomorrow night. Uh, the LA Dodgers and the NL West, uh, you know, they have an eight-game winning streak and uh, they play the Washington National and Colorado Rockies this week, so that certainly bodes well for them. Uh, you know, looking at you know the San Diego Padres are an interesting one to me, Butcher. They're making their first trip to Comerica Park since 2005, and of course. I remember uh, one of my uh, few uh, fond memories of the Detroit Tigers of being 10 years old, watching them in that 1984 series. I hope they wear those throwback jerseys. But the, the Padres, I think, are, are still going to make some noise. They did have a lot of injury situations, uh, and they're still dealing with some injuries. But I think they are going to be, be part of the mix. Uh, San Francisco is kind of the surprise to me, but still in the wild card hunt. I, I wouldn't quite close the book on them, but I think the Giants will be there in the end. But you know what? But Butch, things can change with the trade deadline because usually in Major League Baseball, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer.
to me, the most likely place to, for him to go that have the cap money and everything to go with it and they won't suffer would be Seattle. Yeah. Plain simple. Yeah, and I certainly would welcome Mr. Soto, as would any team in Major League Baseball. Butch, over the weekend, uh, seven new members were inducted to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, including uh, the first designated hitter, I believe, uh, David Ortiz, a uh, big poppy, as he's known, from the Dominican Republic, as uh, he uh, certainly one of the more lively characters in a Major League Baseball. He was one of the seven players inducted. Uh, you mentioned uh, Michigan native. Longtime Major League Baseball pitcher and broadcaster Jim Cott, who was uh, also uh, elected to the Hall of Fame. And here's an interesting stat on Cott Butch. He's the only player to have faced both Ted Williams, who retired in 1960, and Julio Franco, who retired in 2007. That's quite a quite a list right there, isn't it? That's an asterisk question on that one, yeah. Other players inducted, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers great Gil Hodges, a uh, beloved member of the Boys of Summer teams in the 1950s, as well as uh, 19th century pioneer Bud Fowler, considered to be the first black player in professional baseball. Uh, Butch, uh, your thoughts on uh, the Hall of Fame selection? David Ortiz, of course, making it on the first ballot, and others uh, finally getting in. Well, the Ortiz thing was a... Uh, uh, I would say a no-brainer there, per se. Uh, the Tony Oliva, Jim Cott, uh, Gil Hodges, Minnie Minoso, yep. Buck uh, O'Neill, and Bud Fowler. I think those are mistakes that Major League Baseball should have had these people in a long time ago there. <laughs> and for what reason, they're trying to get it together quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, I, they're doing a good job of it there. In that case, uh, hopefully it'll be 13 or 14 people next year that they didn't screw around there and messed over and should be in the Hall of Fame in some type of shape, form, or fashion. Uh, the Jim Cott, um, local boy, makes good. Um, he explains himself as being a, when it was Brick Stadium a uh, long, long time ago, and that had to be a long, long time ago there. Um Great job, and, and again, he's one of the nicer people you ever want to meet if you ever met him in person, which I've had the pleasure and privilege of doing in numerous occasions there. You know, he, he's just a bright and happy-go-lucky guy. He's happy to be involved, and that's the attitude I, I try to take in, in my daily experience in life here. But following Buck O'Neill, this is a guy who drafted or maybe scouted Ernie Banks, Lou Brock, uh, Ozzy Smith, which, by the way, the Tigers drafted. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Should have kept him. They did, and did not keep him. Um, they kept a guy named Lou Whitaker. That helped. <laughs> yep. Uh, you thought I was going to say Ray Orla, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Really? Uh, <laughs> they got rid of him, too. He went to Seattle. Uh, but, um, it it was nice. It, it they need to do more of this, okay? Because I think of all the Hall of Famers there, Major League Baseball has done the biggest screwing up in town as far as players who deserve to be there and then not there. And you know, I, and I'm not talking about the Pete Rose into there either, okay? I'm just talking about uh, good players who belong there. And we can talk about Lou Whitaker. We can talk about Mickey Lolich. We can talk about Bill Freehand. 
those are three right now who should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what anybody say, but again, they were the best of the best when they were working. Butcher, before we go to break, I came across a report uh, by ESPN talking about uh, how inflation is infecting your wallet at ballpark concession stands. As everyone knows, uh, inflation is very high. It's a four-decade high of over 9%. And they did a survey of some food vendors and uh, looking at some of the uh, prices of items that you buy at the ballpark. You know, for an average family just to go to a game uh, with, you know, parking costs, obviously the cost of tickets. And then if you want to eat at the game, it can be rather pricey. Uh, Looking at their survey, the average price of a hot dog across all major league parks is $6.33. The most being Seattle at $8 for a Mariner's dog at Comerica Park. Just six bucks. What a bargain. Nachos with cheese. How about that one? You want some nachos at the game? Well, you'll pay about nine bucks if you get it in Arizona. Eight bucks if you get it in Detroit. I think you probably get about 10 chips with that. And of course, what would the ballpark be without a box of Cracker Jacks? You'll pay almost $8 in Arizona and Los Angeles at Comerica Park. A bargain basement price butch of $5.25. Now, when you get to uh, beverages prices, uh, certainly those ones run you a bit. Uh, The highest one that they had in their survey, 20-ounce Coors Light in San Francisco, will cost you about $15. Uh, The price per ounce of domestic light beer in Detroit, $0.49. So you can do the math on that one. Water, $0.28. And soda, $0.31. Butch, obviously, with vendors and uh, buying souvenirs and such that's where a lot of these major league baseball teams uh, make their bread or at least uh, you know try to make a little more money Uh, these costs of food not just at the supermarket but at the ballpark pretty pretty tough to take i think for the average family tough to take for a long time here yep you know you remember our fathers used to Maybe not yours. Maybe, maybe, which maybe has. Uh, with sneak liquor in the <laughs> No comment. Carry a Bible or something there. We cut out with a bottle of liquor or something be in it. Or a flash or something, you know, talking about his medical supplies and whatnot. Now, those days are gone, boys and girls. Sure but, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that I look at all the time, and you mentioned this. Is remember the Little Caesars five dollar pizza? Yeah, you can get it here. Yep, uh, five 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 now here yep. or something like that. There, uh, you go to a ballpark like America Park, it would be fourteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, and that's a bargain. <laughs> and that's the owner. <laughs> you yeah. know, you would feel, you would think that would be the biggest bargain of any ballpark in town that they can. But sell pizzas to everybody for five bucks here. And I've always said that is the biggest mistake this family has made since him. I mean, golly, boy, you know, I, it, it's bad for people that you've been to, took your whole family oh, yeah. to the ballpark. You know how much it costs there, you know, and, and you're still scratching your head. I'm, I'm quite sure here. So paying off my credit card. <laughs> But we're going to take our bottom of the hour break. When you and I come back, we'll talk about the NBA, the NHL, and of course, the NFL as the Detroit Lions have started their training camp. The veterans will report tomorrow and Butch Davis will give us his thoughts all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional and national sports show, The Game News Talk 1400. 
Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to Sutra. Health.com. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 734 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Just a programming reminder, next week we will not have an edition of the game. I will be on vacation. We'll talk about that more in a moment. So our next broadcast of the game will be on Monday, August 8th. 6 to 8 o'clock right here on News Talk 1400. Butch, NBA, uh, pretty quiet on the Detroit Pistons front. Uh, pretty quiet overall as far as the league. Uh, the Boston Celtics among the teams to engage in talks with Brooklyn Nets on a possible Kevin Durant deal, according to sources from ESPN. Uh, but other than that, not a whole lot that I've come across as far as the Pistons or the NBA. Uh, anything that you can report? Nothing. Not a smitch. Everybody has gone into their home. Well, getting ready, you know, doing their last-minute vacation and whatnot before everything kind of wind up and uh, they probably go through their own personal training regiment before in September. I'm quite sure camps and stuff will be opening up for the NBA as well as the National Hockey League there. So, Ah, nothing to report on the Detroit Pistons. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. Or <laughs> <laughs> Never know what that. But, but the, the news that I want to I want to see in up down the road a piece here is that the Pistons are winning ball games there, and um, 
Again, maybe no noise is some good noise. Butch, uh, just one other thought. I came across this quote by Kendrick Perkins, a former NBA player and current basketball anal- analyst, rather, I believe, for ESPN. He was talking about the 2004 Detroit Pistons, uh, certainly one of the more unique NBA championships uh, of teams of all time and their makeup, especially now where we see you know many uh, superstar-laden teams. Of course, the Pistons in 2004 had a lot of good players, but maybe no quote-unquote superstar. And the thing that they did, I think, uh, better than any team that's won in quite some time, they played a good defense. Uh, Perkins said, uh, quote, I strongly believe that the 2004 Detroit Pistons would have beat any team in any era in a seven-game series. That is arguably the greatest defensive team in NBA history. I just wanted your thoughts on that, Butch. Uh, You know, the Detroit Pistons teams that have won NBA championships, going back to the bad boys of 89 and 90, they prided themselves on defense. Certainly 2022, a very different basketball uh, game, if you will, than uh, the Pistons played in those two areas. But I just wanted your thoughts as far as that. It's it's kind of a, a unique quote, and I wanted to hear Butch Davis's take. <laughs> now you're talking about the 22 Pistons? Would they be the best defensive uh, team in the NBA? Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying? Not a chance. The 2004 Detroit Pistons that won, that beat the Lakers. Yes, they were very good. Um, we can still argue with the um, with the bad boys as well there. They had an excellent defensive team. And a, a lot of it's based on, again, and I kind of, you know, don't want to rock anybody's head around here, but the Pistons were very good in perimeter play, okay? Yep. And, uh, and this is including their big men. Their big men were very good perimeter players when it comes down to shooting the basketball. You know, Rasheed Wallace, uh, uh, you had a Bill Lambert back in the, the bad boy era yep. there. Uh, James Edwards. Um, Buddha. Oh, man, <laughs> I still laugh with him this day here. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the 2014 was more or less unique because it was a team that basically, when they got it together, it wasn't well put together. I think it made it more complete when you got Loudmouth Rockhead, which is a.k.a. Uh, Rasheed Wallace on the team there. And that kind of solidified everything, and, and period. You had a Tejon Prince who basically couldn't work at guard, but yet still be at a forward and still be very, very nifty when it comes down to playing defense. Um, of course, Ben Wallace, what could you say mm. about him? His name of his game was basically defense yep. first. And anything else I can get after that was a bonus, and it was. And it, it kind of worked out very good there. But to say that that's the best defensive team, it would be one of the top. But, again, I, my mind hasn't wandered a little bit. I'm quite sure I would bring up other teams that were better, okay? You know, and saying that, I would look at the, I would look at the Boston Celtics. Way back when, I would also look at the Chicago Bulls at a certain point there, okay, when it came down to playing defense. I'm talking about the Michael Jordan era there. So, I don't know, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I, I, I like him because he's entertaining. Yep. I don't take a lot of substance on no. what he says. No. And 
I think he's glad to have a job, okay? You know, like all of us, some of us do here. But uh, I think sometimes he he overrides some of the things that come out of his mouth there that it doesn't have a bit of sense at all to it there. But it's comical, and, you know, and for that, I might look at it. Again, it's a busy day going on. I won't have no thought of not looking at him at all. I like it. Butch, moving on to the Detroit Red Wings, they announced today they signed free agent defenseman Robert Hag to a one-year contract worth $800,000. Uh, Hag, a six-year veteran, spent last season with the Florida Panthers and Buffalo Sabres. One goal, eight assists, 35 penalty minutes. So I wouldn't say that was exactly a big signing. And it was also announced today, Butch, that the Detroit Red Wings have extended their affiliation through the 2026-27 season with the Grand Rapids Griffins. The two clubs on Monday announced that they've upped their 20-year affiliation through 2026-27, meaning the convenience of proximity will remain as the Red Wings look to enter a new and hopefully more winning chapter. Uh, Butch, it seems like it's been a pretty good uh, partnership uh, with Grand Rapids. I've been to a handful of games there. They have a very nice facility. Grand Rapids, obviously, uh, very close in proximity to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Your thoughts on that and just uh, any other news uh, from the Detroit Red Wings? That was a good move. That was a good move. Uh, you know, no matter how much you slice it, there, uh, Grand Rapids has been a haven for Detroit and back vice versa for all the reasons you just gave there. The closeness of it there, the very good ties they have, a very good unique, uh, unique uh, arena and Van Ando Arena there that they play the hockey yep. at. Uh, it's it's just um, it would be a perfect place. And then the this is a very very supportive. Uh, crowd that comes to those particular games, and 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 I'm not talking about maybe two or three thousand. I mean, you know, we're talking about a good seven to eight thousand, maybe a sellout, which is uh, I think Van Ando carries around about twelve thousand people in there. You can get in there very easily there, uh, and they have been full education, especially when uh, Grand Rapids Griffins were in the playoffs or going for the Memorial Cup or something like that. There, so that was a good move for them. The Red Wings all together. Now this eight hundred thousand dollar move that they just made with a one year guy who's only got one go and thirty five <laughs> penalty minutes is only one thing is said for that. Somebody's gonna get hurt on the other team, okay? Yep. Because Detroit has not had that particular player, okay, who is a policeman other than um oh boy. Uh, we we had him recently here. And we still got him on the team there. Bertuzzi? Whether they cut him loose or not, or basically get him to be able to do the game for work of assuring some authority on there, I have no idea. But, again, it, we got a lot of people on the team here right now. I think that's nine free agents or people he's brought on in from the outskirts there. So the makeup of this team – I'm very anxious to see how it's going to be made up, and I'm going to be very anxious of players because with all these players coming in, there's got to be some players who are going to be on the fence here. And it's good. that's going to be very obviously, um, I don't think a lot of the, the work has been done yet, you know, until camp starts and they start making trades with other teams or making deals with other teams on some players that we may think be with the Red Wings but will not. 
Butch, we're going to take our final break of the night. When you and I come back, we'll look at the Detroit Lions training camp and also talk about the WWE and more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. To make this the summer event at O'Connor's will make your summer with big savings on ultra-low mile leases on the rides you love. Like a new 2022 Jeep Gladiator High Altitude with a 39-month $4.99 payment plus tax. You pay $49.95 at signing. Or a new 2022 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Bighorn. Grab a 36-month $379 payment plus tax. You pay $28.73 when you sign. Must qualify for Stellantis Lease Loyalty Bonus Cash for either offer. At O'Connor's, all Pickford. See dealer for details. Reed Metals in Tafter is your honest metal recycling business. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals buys heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, lead-based batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, sheet iron, and many more types of metals. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for scrap vehicles, and they also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com. Reed Metals, conveniently located only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. You can catch podcasts of the game at TheGameSportsShow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it a little bit after our show on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, the Detroit Lions opened up their 2022 NFL training camp this past weekend on Saturday with rookies reporting. And of course, the veterans will start reporting 
uh, tomorrow. The Lions have made some moves ahead of training camp. The team on Sunday announced that cornerback Jerry Jacobs and defensive ends Roman Okura and Josh Pascal have been placed on the active, physically unable to perform or pup list as well. Rookie wide receiver Jamison Williams and linebacker Natrice Patrick have been placed on the active non-football injury or NFI list, according to the team. None of of these players are expected to be ready for action when training camp opens this week, but they all would be eligible to begin practicing immediately if they were to come off of the injured list before preseason. Butch, uh, Lions training camp, certainly uh, going to be an interesting one. Hard knocks, the HBO series, uh, We'll be there following it. I know you're going to be there. Just your thoughts on the Lions as we head into training camp. Wishing to see a winning team <laughs> and a better attitude. By, I guess the whole Lions organization, plain simple there, you know. There's a lot to be said, a lot to be had. Um, it's just, you know, it, I think fans have went through enough, okay, that um, we need to see something better than what we have here. Anything you're watching, Butch, as far as uh, particular players, position battles? I mean, obviously you look at uh, some of the players maybe that have a little more to prove than others. They all have a lot to prove, but uh, quarterback Jared Goff, uh, you know, not exactly tearing things up in Detroit. Uh, Another person I'm kind of looking at is Jeff Akuda, you know, a very uh, high draft pick, but uh, his whole season basically was wiped out uh, last year. And of course, the number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, will he live up to the hype, uh, Michigan guy did great things at Michigan. Those are some of the players that you know I'm interested in. Uh, what, what about you? What are some of the things you're going to be watching besides what you already mentioned? Well, Jeff Akuda, this is the first year that he's not been on no active injury list or whatever. Maybe right. he comes in camp clean, clean as a whistle and healthy. Uh, so that's a good thing here. Aiden Hutchinson, I guess that a lot of people will be eyeing on him. I don't know what for. The only thing I'm going to be eyeing. It's the scoreboard during regular season. Yes. Uh, that's, that's the proof that the Rebels are going to meet the road there. Uh, <clears throat> it's, I think too much of hyping something when it's not there is it's a bad thing, especially in this town, okay? <laughs> you know? Yeah. For all sports in general here. <clears throat> but I guess I'll be watching some certain players. I'll be getting some reactions from certain players. Um, um, but on sports, you'd be listening to those interviews and whatnot there. And basically looking at the enthusiasm and the body of work that's coming out of there, especially from our um, our head coach there and some of the other coaching staff as well. Because normally that tone, they're not going to tell the story of what's going to happen on the field. I think that main equation come again by watching the scoreboard during the regular season and how this pans out there. Hopefully it pans out to be a good thing. A lot of people feel that the Detroit Lions is going to be a better team. I'm one of those who, when I'm not so much looking at the draft, but like I said, looking at the butt end of the year, when Dan Campbell stood on up and said, this is wrong, that is wrong, and did something about it, and the record reflected on it. So I'm, I'm... I'm, like I said, the big thing I'm going to watch 
other than whether I'm going to be watching training camp with some of those players is the scoreboard during the regular season. Butch, how about this one? At Pocono yesterday in NASCAR, Chase Elliott was given the win, even though he finished third, because uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch, who finished 1-2, were disqualified after their Toyota's failed inspection. Uh, it was believed this is the first time that NASCAR has disqualified an, an apparent winner since 1960. Uh, you got to have those inspections pan out didn't look like it was that way for the toyotas yesterday butch at pocono somebody's in the kitty there were two men young men and when they got the results who did what who didn't check this who didn't check that but that was kind of funny when i heard about it you know and elliot who just you know he's he was boo-hooed you know Ho hum! He ended up winning the thing here and getting the cup handed to him. So you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, from sixties, the sixties was the last time he did something like that. Nineteen sixty, yeah. Seems like it should have happened more than 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 not here, you know. And to go that bad, I, I think there's a lot of cars that are. Not up to spec, you know, I guess, like I said, who's getting the kitty here? Butch, uh, Vince McMahon uh, retired, quote-unquote, as the World Wrestling Entertainment Chairman. Uh, that was announced on Friday. Uh, the 76-year-old further announced that his daughter Stephanie uh, and acting current president Nick Khan will be taking over as co-CEOs, and it was announced today that We'll just call him Triple H because, like you, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, he will oversee WWE's creative direction. Uh, this announced from the WWE today following Vince McMahon's retirement. We've talked over the past couple weeks about all the troubles that uh, Mr. McMahon is in as far as uh, some former female uh, employees and wrestlers. Uh, apparently, uh, $12 million has been paid out to four former WWE employees or contractors since allegations about Mr. McMahon's sexual misconduct. So it looks like, Butch, we've seen the last of Mr. McMahon on uh, WWE programming. Your thoughts? I don't think we're going to see the last of this guy. Somewhere down the line, he's going to show up. Probably. Yeah, like next year when it comes to the WWE football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we haven't lost this guy with a damn. I think the biggest problem of the challenge was that the as you know, the WWE is a public company here, yep. which has board members and whatnot here. And everybody likes their investment on how their money's being spent. And I'm quite sure a lot of the people who invested into the WWE, which are making money on, didn't like it to see $12 million of it just go to um, being paid out by you know, Miss Deeds or Vince McMahon, you know, at 70-something years old. Mm -hmm. So... With all that saying here, boys and girls here, um, I don't know. I, you know, again, w, uh, Vince McMahon is, was a brilliant human being because he came up with an idea that played the, played the way for how wrestling is being done today. And where wrestling was on local networks and whatnot there, he went to NBC and the USA Network and got that thing streamlined. And that what boomed out uh, the WWE to be in, or the WWF at once upon a time it was called to be um, in that down. That came down to a mistake. He paid money for that too. 
<laughs> the little animals and right, the, right. And the dolphins and stuff here. <laughs> uh, take your money from them. But uh, he has a lot to to, uh, to thank the USA Network because when the wrestling went on on prime time on USA, where basically you got to see the wrestling matches from the arena, just like uh, you did if you would have to pay. Which I kind of miss because I think the the theatrics in wrestling now is a little bit much to bear, especially when you got three hours on TV like tonight, and they'll spend a majority of half the time on doing commercials or plugs for matches and whatnot, which don't need to be. But Vince McMahon was a very successful guy. Uh, his company has been. You know, at that point in time, was very gracious with me when it come down to giving me time and effort in finding out what's going on or or interviewing or whatever it may be. So it, it's been a um, couple of um, WrestleManias I got in there. Like I said, my first job in Detroit was a cameraman. Nice. <laughs> to know at at, at Pony in the Silverdome. So you know, you, you get he's very nice, very decent. Uh, when it comes down to and when I've come across him there, and I don't know him doing Adam's hat, house cat there, but I don't think fans will miss him. I think the fans will still thank him because wrestling has gotten bigger and better than it ever has been there. When the OW, uh, in, uh, in, NAW or NWA yep. or whatever it may be, and the AWA, those were the two main uh, co-workers there when it came down to uh, wrestling. And Vince McMahon used the USA Network to kind of plug his product, and, and from this day forward, you know, he still has that uh, combination of being with USA NBC, and it's still going well. Butch, we're running real short of time. A uh, quick thumbs up and thumbs down for me. Thumbs down to the Detroit Tigers. We've already covered that. Thumbs up to UFC's Patty Pimblett. You mentioned this on your show last night, uh, urging men to speak up about mental health. Uh, he won a fight over the weekend in London, uh, lost a friend to suicide. Uh, here's a quote. It says, I woke up Friday morning to a message that one of my friends back home had killed himself. This is five hours before my weigh-in. Listen, if you're a man and you've got weight on your shoulders and you think the only way you can solve it is by killing yourself, please speak to someone, speak to anyone. I know I'd rather my mate cry on my shoulder than go to his funeral next week. So please let's get rid of the stigma and men start talking. Well said, Patty the Batty Pimblet, and uh, certainly something near and dear to my heart. Well done. Butch Davis, we got about a minute and a half. Your thumbs up and thumbs down, sir. Amen on the thumbs up. We'll leave that alone there. That speaks for all of us there. Thumbs down on the Detroit Tigers and their inability to do some drafting on local players. Great pace. Detroit Edison High School there. Uh, finally got drafted by the Toronto here. Hey, we're missing the boat, people, when it comes down to local. Always shop local here. We spray it every day. Detroit Tigers, local. I'm, we'll find out how local they're going to be tomorrow when it comes down to um, my friends in right field doing their thing. Let's see who shows up on that one. Butch, we will be off next week due to my vacation. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Of course, you can find Butch on Sports at Butch's website, Simply Butch 2. That's T-O-O.Podomatic.com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook. Uh, Butch, uh, just 
30 seconds, I'm going to San Francisco for a week. What's the one thing I should do? I think you should have fun. There you go. Everything here and stay out of the ghetto. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, well, we will be very careful on our walks. But San Francisco is a great place to be. I know I had a great time here. And you and your mate have a great time. And happy anniversary to you and yours. Oh, oh, back uh, to. Uh, Hey, just have fun, man. Have fun. Butch, I appreciate it. As always, have a great couple weeks, and we'll talk to you in two weeks' time for our next edition of the game. Excellent. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Butch Davis along with David McKegg Jr. and all of you for listening tonight. We'll be back in two weeks' time for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.